podcast. This is uh, Not Great Parent Nathan over here. Hello. And I am Not Great Parent Molly. So, yes. And happy to be so. We yeah. are striving to be good parents. And, yeah. and um, what we mean by that is the world gives us lots of ideas of what great is, but we want to live by the goodness that God's outlined for us, and not just for us, but for our families. So we want to teach our children um, to seek God first in everything that we do. And so um, with that comes following his goodness path rather than seeking out the greatness that the world offers. Yeah, I think, and we've said this a lot, but it always bears repeating, the, the pursuit of greatness often kills the goodness that God wants Absolutely. to, right? Uh, I remember um, hearing a pastor one time say uh, that the pace at which he was doing the work of God was destroying God's work in him. Right. That his pursuit of, oh, all these great things God has for me, right, it eventually led to he was irritable and bitter. And eventually about this pastor, it came out there were some pretty scandalous things that were in that came out later were in his life that then overthrew his ministry and he was unable to eventually do the work of oh, God yeah. because this what he had done had killed the work of God right. in him. And it can happen for ministers that the greatness you pursue is your ministry and what you want to do. But it can happen with parents in that the greatness you are trying to pursue in your kid, you end up killing the goodness God wants to do not only in them, but really in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so Absolutely. we want to pursue God's goodness instead of God's instead of the world's greatness. Right. right. Exactly. Well, we've been doing a series that yep. we think is pretty fun, but also yes. really real. Um, and we're calling it Confessions of a Not Great Parent. Yes. And so the reason that we're doing this is because we all have things that we think, right? Sure. We've all got things that are in our head that we think. And the great parent probably doesn't say them. Oh, yes. Um, the those aren't the things you're does, ever going to confess. Those aren't the things you're going to confess. And so we wanted to create um, a place where you can can say those things. Yes. One, because we think it's important to say them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, bring them out of the darkness into the light. And and in we're either going to break it apart and yes. talk about why oh. it is not the greatest thing to be sure. thinking and sure. not necessarily a good thing to be thinking. Or we might actually say what you're thinking, the world says that that's not great, but God's goodness says it is. Yeah. So we, if you can go back and listen, we've done a few of these already. We've, I think we've had some of each. Yeah, um, we've corrected some we've corrected and we've some. confirmed some. Yes, so. we're correcting or confirming. And these are personal. A lot of these things are things Nathan and I can yes. 100% relate to. Yes. Or we came up with some of them because we are... Good. We are not great parents. Yes. We are chasing goodness, but we sometimes also we're have, just straight up bad parents. Sometimes, or as Nathan's children say, terrible. Parents. Worst <laughs> terrible parents ever podcast. Worst. So. The worst parents ever podcast. But I think I think one thing we we want is we want you guys. You know, we have a link in the description where yep. you can send in questions, but you can also send in confessions like the one we're going to talk about today, where you can say, yes. "This is just how it is for me sometimes," and I don't know if this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Or if this is a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? And I need to know, but it certainly is a not great thing. Can we figure out, is this a bad thing I need to correct or a good thing I need to keep confirming? Right. But it certainly is not great, right? This is not uh, a confession of a not great parent isn't uh, my kids make really good grades or yes. <laughs> everyone loves me in my household. You no. know, those are not confessions. Those are great things to say. They're even good things, I would say, to say. 
But a confession is like the one we're going to say today, which is uh, I don't always enjoy being with my kids. Mm, I don't always enjoy being with my kids. So let's break it up because let's talk about how great. Yeah. What, what a, great why would say. a great parent never say that, right? Well, because, and I know I always go back to referencing social media. Sure. But when I went to your Instagram page or I went to your Facebook page, yes. and we're all guilty of this, but I only saw yeah. you were traveling and you were at awards things for your kids and you're all smiling and yes. you're all doing all of these great things in these wonderful the, places and you look like you can't get enough of each other. Yes, or the cute, quirky things your kid says and oh, you've hashtagged yeah. it with some clever pun for your family. Yes, which is yeah. okay to oh, do. Oh, yes, yes. But the reality is yes. that great wants us to think that that's all That's all it ever is. Well, and that, I think it's what you get into parenting as. I think I can remember before me and my wife had kids and we would sit and talk about it. You only really envision the, the greatness. Oh, sure. You envision, oh, the road trips we're going to take and, the, you know, oh, the fun we're going to have and, oh, how family meals will be. But then do we forget how they were when we were children? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or we had such a terrible experience We're going to do child. the total opposite. Yes. We, we have convinced ourselves the reason that our, our childhood was right. not the way we wanted it to be is because our parents were terrible and we won't be terrible right. parents. Right. And not realizing... That's just kind of the way life works is that there's good times, there's bad times, and then there's these kind of in-between. I say this to my kids all the time. There's just a lot of boring times. There's Maybe a- we should do an episode on when did we know we had were taking on things from our parents. Oh, man. That's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole other series. thing I don't want to have to get into. But- Speaking of confessions, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I do think being able to kind of understand there's just a whole lot of life that's not, and I don't mean this, it's it's just not enjoyable. It's not unenjoyable. It's just life. It's sitting in your office filling out a spreadsheet. Yes. You know, maybe you enjoy spreadsheets. I do not. But uh, I do not either. But there's it's some just part of your part of life. Yes. Well, and I've said that to people. I used to say to teenagers who were like, man, I bet you, know, you do ministry and you're working with people and you see life change and it must just be so exciting. And I talk to adults who are like, you know, my job's not like your job. It's just boring. And I'm like, a lot of my job it's- is just a job mm-hmm. and I have to sit there and I have to write reports and I have to you know fill download things, things from one to, computer yes. system to another I have, I have to, to sit in a meeting with people and go why are we talking about this for the seventh time you know we never have meetings like yeah. that Every, even in churches there are meetings that could have been emails I know, you know? right so, that whole thing this could have been an email but that's the idea right is there's a lot of life and but those things are necessary mm-hmm. and that's what you know is those things are necessary and there are parts of life you know, that are just, they're not necessarily always enjoyable. And so I think when it comes to parenting, we run into the same thing. But what I see a lot of times, I hear a lot of parents talking about this. I don't know if I've heard any parents say this in these exact words, but they get to a place where they're kind of like, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that there are times I get just straight up annoyed and frustrated. And sometimes I get my feelings hurt by my kid. I get offended by the things my kid says. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you've got teenagers, they love to offend you. They love to say things to get under your skin, you know. They know all the buttons to push. <laughs> and you start to think, am I just doing this wrong? Am I not a good parent? Mm-hmm. You know, am I a bad parent? Because there are times... 
that I just go, these kids need to go outside. Or these right. kids need to get right. away from me because I need a break. Or how about the moms that are like, I'm going to the hotel for a weekend. Yeah, he's like, I just need to get away yeah. because these. So where where does that sit for us? So I think often what ends up happening is when you have a, especially when you have, well, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say when you have a little baby, but my wife and I have frequently talked about the toughest time in our parenting was when we yeah. had one infant. We yeah. didn't have four kids. We've always obviously said we would adopt three other kids before we had one more infant in our home. Right. Well, I think one of the, a lot of our conversation is going to get rooted in expectation versus reality, right? We know we're going to talk about that because that is the basis yes. of this. We had an idea, an expectation. We framed that up based on what we wanted, what the world yes. told us we should want. Now we've got this kind of expectation. And that might look different for different seasons of life. So, you know, we do hear people say, I I often think people look back at those years when your baby was a baby and they were really young. Now, when you're in that, you do not feel like this is where it's at, man. You are thinking, when am I getting this kid on a sleep schedule? When is this kid going to be able to tell me what they want and quit whining? You're thinking all those other things. But we often look back and go, this is actually a really great time because... They did such cute things, or I'm yes. starting to see my spouse in them, or me in them, or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, but I do think the season part is important, too, because yes. different seasons bring on different expectations. So, you know, I think when they're little, we they're a little easier to be around in yes. some ways. Well, they don't have any of their they own thoughts. They don't have their own <laughs> thoughts. You know, they're not talking back to you yet. No. And, they're not, and you are the one helping them form all those thoughts in those moments. So yes. like I said, it, it's still about us in a lot of ways. Well, as if you get to the, 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 you know, there's the separation anxiety phase and that can be tough, you know, or you have the phase, you know, they, what do they call them now? Three nagers, right? Where they start having all those attitudes at three and you're just kind of like, man, this kid is cute, but dear Lord, right. this is impossible. Who, whose demon child is this? And it's your own kid. And you're like, who is this? You know, that right. then they get to that age where I remember reading, uh, I think said from the ages, I think of seven to 11 or 12. If you have kids that meet any of those age ranges at the same time, they argue on average once every 30 seconds. Totally true. Which I can 100% I have a seven, have a eight, nine, and 11 year you old. You have all of that. I have one, but he, yeah, he has a lot to say. Yeah, well, and they argue with each other, they argue with you. And where it used to be, you know, when you had a little kid and you're riding in the car and you kind of like taking car rides because you would ride together and maybe they'd Sweet. come along or they'd learn the words. I had one, uh, my, 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 now my youngest daughter, but our firstborn, when she was our only child, uh, you know, she, she learned every word to every song in the and it was cute. And she'd was do cute. that. And now I've got all four of them in the car and they're arguing over which song is good and who's a better singer than the and other one. They have, she's saying the words wrong and oh yes and they're fighting back and forth and I'm, I'm most of my car ride is going stop talking stop talking stop talking we gotta get to where we're going and i'm going what happened this isn't fun anymore you know which is why when i see you and your wife leave here and there are two vehicles you drive home with all the girls well, and jennifer gets a mental break yes i it. always tell my wife i always say would you like me to drive because she That's needs a, good a break move on you. and i know Sorry. frequently she says to me my wife's a stay-at-home mom and she goes you know what what happened i feel like such a bad mom because some days i just I just go, these kids need to go outside because they're driving me nuts. You know, or then you get to the teenage years and your kid is crass mm-hmm. and rude. If 
he got, well, I don't just say this. I got, I got girls and girls. I mean, they're going to hate me for saying this. They're smelly too. Yes. You know, girls yeah. are just as smelly as boys. And, you know, they're, and, and they're, you know, they're hormonal. So their emotions, they go, they go from angry to sad to happy. And it's all over the place. And there are some days you're like, you know, I, my kids are going to have to go to camp every week of the, of yes. the summer because they just got to be gone. And you start to feel like if I was a great parent, I would love every phase and, and I, I would love feel every minute we're together. Yes. And it would just be this thing where I saw the unique beauty in them and all these <laughs> things. And the first thing I want to say, we didn't actually write this down when we were talking about it before. The first thing I think it's important to remember as a parent, and this is sometimes we forget this because we have this imagined innocence idea of our kid. Our kids are sinners. They're yes. dirty, rotten, little sinners. Even, just, even at birth. Like, well, even even just, when they're young. Yes, that's what you start to see is from a very early age. Uh, they start to get sin is so much in our world. It gets into our flesh so quickly. You know, it doesn't take much for kids to start realizing I'm not really upset, but if I pout and I lie, then I'm really upset right. that maybe mom and dad will give well, me what I Well, I mean, I their want. first word is no. Yeah, they start to learn to fight or mine. Mm. You know, a mine is the, the, the first thing they start to say or whatever it is. They learn to hit when another kid does. They learn to... It doesn't take much. Mm -mm. And it doesn't mean you're a bad parent that your kid has sinful habits that when you're around those sinful habits, when your kid is mean to their sibling... And you go, you just need to go take a break and go to time out. Yeah. You need to go away. That doesn't make you a bad parent that when you feel their sin, it upsets you. Right. That is honestly a good sign of God in you. Now, it would be bad if you started to condemn them. Yes. And you started to look at them and going, I don't ever want you around. So, I don't ever so want we aren't going to talk to brother so-and-so. He's a sinner. Yes, yes. <laughs> they are the sinners, right? The, 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 the goal is to say we all yes. have this. But it's okay for you to say, when my kids are arguing all the time, or they haven't learned how to maintain their temper, that's difficult for me. Mm -hmm. That is okay. The other part, though, this is where you move from a great parent, you know, to a good parent, is to then go, part of my job is to help them learn how to uh, deal with these impulses and desires and mm -hmm. these, you know, temper tantrums and all those kind of things. And that may be, we've already talked on other episodes about you know, consequences and things like that. Or controlling our own behavior. Controlling our own behavior. And a lot of times, this is what I'm learning these days, a lot of it is just through a lot of grace and a lot of, I don't have to get involved with everything and it's okay that they fought with their sister and it's okay that they did this thing. It doesn't mean that what they did was okay, but my job as the parent is not to get involved with every argument and make sure everyone's behaving the way they should behave. Sometimes I can just ride in the car and it not be fun for me. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just kind of arguing and I go, hey, let's just take a break. And, you know, that's the kind of thing. It doesn't have to be enjoyable. So the first part I say is part of the reason it's not enjoyable is because all relationships between great. sinful people are not always enjoyable. So mm -hmm. I, I want to start that. I don't want to necessarily confirm it as like, oh, this is a, a good thing. But it's a normal thing to think, and it's not a bad thing that you feel that way. It's a normal thing to feel hey, that you're way. you're not going to enjoy every minute, every moment. I mean, if you're married... No. Nope. <laughs> has that been fun? Every minute, every no. moment. No. no. And it also tracks through different seasons. Things are harder sure. or lighter than others. And, and you'll have that with your kids. And, and it won't be all of the kids at the same time. You may have UF4. You may, have, you may go through a really great season oh, with one yes. of them, and the other three are 
killing you. Well, that's why. <laughs> and I remember my dad saying this to me. And then at one all of a sudden, everything's the other one's the favorite child. Yes. Well, my my dad said that to me at one point. Of uh, he used to say it to us all the time. Of um, that. He didn't have a favorite kid, but at different seasons of life, he did feel closer or did enjoy his relationship with one kid more than the others. And I remember at the time going, what in the world does that mean? Because you weren't a parent yet, but also the great would never say that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I remember I now have experience. And, I, I, you know, my kids are so close in age. It's not really seasons. It's just certain days. Certain days of kids. You know, we're just, we just click. And, you know, it's like, oh, things are good. And we're not fighting. And they're not really fighting with their siblings. And so things are a little easier. Mm -hmm. But that's where I've kind of learned that it goes to. And maybe this goes to the kind of second part we have to talk about here, which is, Often what's enjoyable for me is what's easy for me. Mm-hmm. And so often what I have to look at is it's not that me and one kid, we just click really well. It's just that for whatever reason, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, and we haven't talked about it yet, so I don't want to give too many details about this. But at some point we'll do an episode on this idea of temperaments that mm-hmm. everyone's kind of the way you're wired up, right? The way your kids are wired up just kind of innately. You communicate in certain ways. You also just perceive the world in certain ways. You kind of enjoy different things mm-hmm. because of the way you're wired up. Molly and I, if you want to know, we are the same temperament. So <laughs> yeah. it's why there's a lot of energy on this yeah. podcast. We speak fun. and Yes. Uh, and so I have one of every of the four temperaments in each one of my girls. Nice. Represented. And my wife and I are different temperaments. And I have three people in my house, all of which are different from me. Yes. Now, I think we they only represent two of the other temp, two of the other three temperaments, but... Um, yeah, but what ends up happening is, and the way it works, just so you know, is there, there there's four quadrants, mm-hmm. and if you are on opposite quadrants... Which me and two people in my home are. Yes, you tend to butt heads the most. So probably the person at work, or the person in your family, or the person you know, that's just like, everything they say drives me nuts. Yeah, or everything I say offends them, you know, and I can't figure out why, and I'm trying to be nice. It come, One of the great books around this idea of temperaments is a book that's called I Said This, You yeah. Heard That. It's really worth looking into, by and the it's, way. <laughs> it's why you say certain things to one of your kids and it drives them up the wall, and you say the same thing to a different kid, and it's like life-giving water to yes. them. And so in our family, a lot of the times, one of the the my one of my daughters who really butts head with my wife, they are on opposite temperaments. And so the way my wife says things drives my daughter nuts, even though my wife is well-intentioned, what she does. And sometimes the way my daughter behaves drives my wife nuts, even though she's not doing anything wrong. Right. It's just because of the way they, they butt heads. Now, luckily, we and our family are using this language, and it's starting to help us understand. It helps a lot. I have the same thing with one of my daughters. But I'll tell you this. Even if you're the same temperament, I have one daughter who is almost exact. She's the same Enneagram as me. She's the same temperament <laughs> she's as me. all the things that are similar. And sometimes people. how similar she is drives me nuts because I go, oh, you're going to have all the same problems I have. You're going to have all and I want to fix it in you, mm-hmm. right? And so it makes it unenjoyable sometimes to be in their presence. That doesn't mean that it's wrong that that's the way it is. But I, as the parent, have to start to learn. And I said this to a couple that had just gotten married, and they were on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. And someone had told them, hey, if you're on opposite of the spectrum, you might not want to get married. I said, that's no. not true. No, it's not true. Because in the end, 
That's not the point. The point of marriage is not that life would be enjoyable. Mm-mm. No, and you in those in those scenarios, and like we would do with our children, is you are learning to communicate with them, and you are yes. learning what makes them tick or where their strengths are or what is, you know, what you need to do to have a good relationship with them. Yes. And so you wouldn't just, oh, you know what, you're you're this temperament. You out, man. Well, but, but if, <laughs> to some degree, I will say in the world of greatness, this is the way we have now We've designed relationships in that. And I don't want to, I'm not one of those people who thinks you, you shouldn't date online. Technically, my wife and I met online. We didn't meet through a, mm-hmm. a, a, a dating app. But one of the downsides of, of dating apps, and there's now kind of research around this, which is, you know, part of the dating app model, the, the kind of thing they pitch you on is you put in all your unique preferences, someone else's, and we will match you with someone right. who is uniquely designed for you. Well, the problem, yes, the problem with that and is- you meet. And not only terrible. Is, yes. <laughs> Not only is that not realistic, it also sets up the expectation that the point of marriage is that I find someone who completes me and that there's no friction right. in our relationship except for friction that I do want. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we have to cut that. I don't know. But, you don't have to cut that, but let's not say it again. Okay. <laughs> so that, that you would have this kind of frictionless relationship where we never butt heads. Right. We always see eye to eye. But and so what it does is it sets up this expectation that the point of family is that we all just easily just we just we gel. mold yeah we just gel we have a family vibe that just yes. all molds together and we're always trucking in the same direction and that is not reality folks well and I think <laughs> it, it gets away from God's ideal of marriage which God's ideal of marriage was what we've talked about this all the time but it's two unique people dying to themselves. To become one flesh, to become a new being. Well, that's a process, right? And so in, in the case that we're talking about here, it's color-coded, your temperament. So if yes. I'm a yellow and my, my spouse is a blue, right? Or if I'm a we're green opposite, and my spouse yeah. is a red, we're on opposite ends, right? We're naturally butt heads. The process that God is doing to make me holy, to make me the kind of person who will love Another person like Jesus loves me, which Jesus loves me in a self-denying kind of way, which means life doesn't always go my way, Mm-mm. and I give that up. It's about me learning to go, how do I change the way I naturally communicate? Mm-hmm. Or how do I give up some of the things that naturally just fit my personality to help accommodate loving this other person. And how do they do the same for me? And how do we communicate about that? That's when you truly gel, so to speak. Yes. and it's When you each individual person comes the way that they were wired by God and you put in the work and you see the value in the other person for who they are, who God made them to be. Yes. And it isn't always perfect, but it is... In fact, how God intended relationships to be. If he didn't, he would have made us all the same or he'd have made it all super easy. And so as parents, we got to do that with our kids too. So when we are going through these phases, and it might just be an hour or a day when you're like, I just don't like that. (laughs) Whose kid is that? I don't like that kid Yeah, I don't don't like my kid. I I just don't like my kid. I don't like my kid today. Or I really am not interested in what they're talking about. I don't relate to them in this moment. Or, Or why do they always speak to me like that? Or why can't they, you know, 
oh, right. X, Y, Z. Right. Or just anything that goes through our brain that makes us think this is not that enjoyable in this moment. We have to stop thinking that it's all supposed to be enjoyable because it's not. Or and we have about to. About you. Or, yeah, or about us. It's not about us. And God made them a certain way. And so God also tells us to we use this word because the Bible does delight in things. And right. that includes delighting in your child and their unique yep. qualities that they have. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be 100% of the time. You know, I was telling you this story about the other day. I, I posted some pictures on Instagram of my child, my youngest child, who, quite honestly, we're going through a fairly easy phase with. He's, you know, five years old. He's pretty happy all the time. There's a lot of great things. And, and, our older child is moving into tweens, and so he was off at camp, and so we had the younger kid for the whole week, and Jasper asked me every day, could he go to Freddy's for dinner? And so finally, I'd take him to Freddy's. I am not interested in going, to be honest with you, You're because- Not in the mood. Not in the mood. Uh, he has been a grouch about some other things that yeah. I asked him to do. Because he's a dirty, rotten little sinner. Yes. And that's and the way so, it is, no matter how cute Jasper is. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yep. So I said, well, we'll so last night before Henry comes back, I'll, we'll go. We'll go to Freddy's. So um, he asked me, could he get a large French fry? That's all he wanted to eat. Right. And I said, oh, I don't know about that. So I didn't tell him. And then I did on the sly order him the French fries that he wanted. And when we sit down to order, or we sit down to wait for it, I tell him. And he, you guys would think that I just gave that child a lottery ticket yes. or like a lifetime pass to Disney World because yes. he was so excited and. It was cute, but what it reminded me in the moment is, even when things are hard, I need to delight in the little things yes. and realize that, like, it's not about me and us having this perfect moment right here. Yes. It's it's really, I need to appreciate and see those unique things about my child. And what my child does is he brings joy to these little things that I would yes. never bring joy to. Yes. And and so when I was able to sit there at that table and think about it like that, the whole rest of the day, when he was boohooing about stupid stuff, pretty much went out the door because I realized he has he has this joy in him that I that if I don't stop and listen to, I'm gonna miss it. Well, and it's important for you to be able to know it gives you the ability to have grace in those other moments to realize the the grumpiness and that and I know I joked about it being sin but there's a root of sin behind that which was, is there's this prickly I have one kid who's just very prickly that's mm -hmm. why we try to and yeah. honestly it's a really I, well we'll get to that in a minute but just prickly right <laughs> and it is important for me to remember part of that is the root of grumbling and complaining that is going mm -hmm. right nothing's ever good enough right. ever, everything's yeah. always hard and blah 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 and it gives me the grace to not see that as she's such an ungrateful kid. She doesn't ever like right. it, you know, which is sometimes what, you know, goes in my head and the, the mean thoughts in my own head. Instead to go, you know what? She just struggles because of the nature of sin. She struggles at times to see the good in things. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of prickly. Now, the other part of that is we use the word prickly a lot because we are trying really to use language even about the negative things in our kids, the things where sin has kind of corrupted that because every person has a part of themselves. When I'm trying to look at my kid to keep myself from being kind of condemning towards them is I try to use a language that for me sometimes makes it a little easier. So prickly to me, I think of her as like a cute little, you know, 
cactus, like a cute little, you know, a cute little mm-hmm. succulent. I go, she's just prickly. She's just a prick, prickly kid. Mm-hmm. It's not the way God designed her to be, but over time, she'll get that. Because ultimately, and this is where I got to with my kid, is she's ultimately a very sensitive kid. Mm-hmm. And the prickliness comes from lots of things hurt her feelings right. that probably shouldn't. Right. And she'll hold on to those things. And so I, as a parent, I want to even paint the sins, not the sins as a good thing, but the reason those take root in her life is because of something that God did design. You know, sin corrupts the things mm-hmm. that God designed. What God designed is that she would be a very tender, mm-hmm. sweet child. Well, what has happened is just through life as we all get hurt and damaged and then eventually the anger comes out, we become right. kind of grumbly. The reason why is the grumbling comes about because things hurt her a little more than mm-hmm. they hurt other people. And they, they stick to her a little more like a cute little cactus. And right. so I keep it in my mind. She's and I say to her all the time. walls around things because she's been hurt. And yes. And so instead of coming to her all the time and going, why are you so grumpy? Why are you always so irritable? I try to come and go, you're being prickly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be so prickly. Because at her age, now when she's older, it won't be that way. And I'm not soft selling the sin. I'm trying to, right. I'm trying to heal the brokenness in her. Well, not get to the sin, right? And you're also trying to speak to her in a way that she can hear it. <laughs> yes. And that so, doesn't cause additional hurt, but yet yes. she still hears it. And so I try regularly in my prayers, especially on days where things are difficult. And a lot of things in our home are very chaotic uh, and and just all the time with all the struggles that our girls have. And so there are a lot of days in my prayers that I just have to go, God, just remind me of all the beautiful things about my kids. Today's going to be tough. There's times I'm going to be irritated with them. There will be times I'm not going to enjoy being around them and I'm going to have to do it. Can you help me to see the beauty? And then occasionally we as a family will sit down and we have these times where we say, what's one thing? We don't use the word delight. I have before. But one thing you just really like about this person, we put someone in the hot seat and we all go around and say Mm -hmm. something. And so, you know, I'll talk about how one of my favorite things about Destiny is I love that Destiny is so responsible right? She's so responsible. She has a real heart for anybody who's left out. She's always looking for people who are left out. So I just tell her, I said, that's something that God made mm-hmm. unique about you. And I hope you will let God use that in your entire life. Or that heaven is the most cheerful kid. She never wants to be sad. When she's sad, she feels her sadness all the way to the floor because it finally mm-hmm. has broken her down. But she just wants to have fun and be cheerful. And she wants everyone else to have fun. She's mm-hmm. always looking out to make sure Everyone else is having a good time or how faith I talk about, you know, I, I look at her and she is one of the most genuinely compassionate kids I know. Mm-hmm. Very much so. She just loves taking care of other people. And I tell her, I said, you just, and she has a real heart for justice. There's nothing we ever watch in a movie that if someone's being picked on, she's not ready to punch a hole through the, <laughs> the TV because no one should ever be picked on or left out. And then I look at Corinne, and Corinne is one of my, is, is one of the most tender, mm-hmm. sweet kids I've known. And it really does remind me of myself as a kid. I was a very quick to cry, mm-hmm. very quick to this, but it's because she just has this heart for, she really feels God's love in all things. And uh, she's, you know, a really smart kid and all this. So I try to always just try and tell them, these are the things I delight. That's a great that that practice is a great practice for your family to do. And it's good for them to hear their sister say the same thing. Exactly. A lot of times there's lots of arguments. Good for them to hear. And we tell them, you got to come up. And sometimes, sometimes it's tough. One of them goes, 
I like her hair. You know, I know. So. <laughs> yeah. We started it. We, we try to do this thing at night, especially I've done it more with Jasper probably than Henry, but try to do it with both of them where when I'm tucking them in or whatever, I'll say something. Let's play, and we used to call it a game. Yeah. This <laughs> and let's play, you know, let's play this game and you have to tell each other something that you love about them. Well, yes. I, it doesn't have to go back both ways, but Jasper likes to try. Yes. <laughs> so I'll tell him, you know, something about him and I'll say, but here's the deal. It can't just be I love you or right. it can't just be I love you because you're my mom. I'll say, so, I, so I'm going to tell you something about you. It yes. also helps him get more comfortable hearing things about himself. That's right. Yes. And so I'll just say things to him and the smile that you get or the look that I get from him is some, as a child, that's thinking through that beyond just the, oh, I love you. He's really thinking about what those things are. Yes. It's an encouragement to them. It is helps them. I see who they are. But for me as a parent, I mean, I have moments where I do not always enjoy my children. Every one of us does. Yes. But I want in those moments to find a light in my child, yes. even if the moment is hard. So remembering those little things taking those hard moments and going, but what God did you put in this child and help, yeah. and help me God to see what you want me to delight in. And if I can make that my prayer, yeah. it, when I'm speaking to God, make that my prayer, he'll show, he will show me those things. And then yes. in turn, gifting my child with those words in return is just huge. Yes. And it's the hardest time to do it when they're driving you nuts. Well, the way I said it to Molly is, I said earlier, I said this is a good preacher way to say it because you got to come up with cute little phrases. You may not always enjoy all yes. things, but the Bible says that in all things you can rejoice. There you go. You see, in all uh, things. This is why we had the preacher guy there come you go. with us. But I think there's the truth of that. Is <laughs> enjoyment is really, it's the way you're wired up and it's the way you interact. You know, like I do not enjoy baseball. You're wearing a baseball shirt. I do not enjoy baseball. Right. But, you know, my dad is wired up. It's just the thing he enjoys most. It's just mm -hmm. the way he is. But I, you know, I enjoy basketball and my kids could not care less, right? But what I do occasionally, and I remember this, I was telling my kids this because we were driving through Atlanta, and every time I see Turner Turner Field, I, I get a little emotional if the Braves don't play that? there. Yes. Because we went all the my dad always had season tickets and we would go, and that would be one of my times, just me and my dad. And even though I did not always enjoy baseball, I could rejoice in being with my dad. I would choose to go, this is just a great time to be with my dad. And in the end, what we have been called is to rejoice in the Lord. And what is important as a parent is when there are seasons of life where it's hard to enjoy parenting or even to enjoy your kid. You've got a teenager and you're like, it just seems like they're going out of their way to make me miserable. Right? And they might be. And they might be. It's kind of the perk of being a teenager is <laughs> getting to kind of make yeah. your parents mad. But you can choose, I will rejoice in the Lord who gave me these kids. Mm -hmm. And the joy of the Lord can be my strength. When I do not have joy, the joy of the Lord can be my strength. And I will look for things to delight in. Mm -hmm. I will make the choice to, oh, the look is going to rhyme right here. Oh, I will no. make oh, the no. choice to rejoice. Here we go. Make yeah. the choice to rejoice. Here we go. But I can. <laughs> I can make a choice in every moment to go. I will take joy, even though joy is not just sitting right there for me to have it. And yeah. I think that's an important thing as a parent. So it's okay that you don't always enjoy being no. around your kids. And if you're having a hard time seeing it, just make that your prayer. Make that yes. make that part of your practice. Lord, help me to see, help yes. me to rejoice yes. in the moments I have with this child that you've entrusted to me and in delight in how you created them and what you yes. want, you know, and that I get to be part of helping them yes. be who you want them to be and be part of your kingdom. So it's a lot, we know. 
Um, That's important. I'm sure I'm gonna have to remind myself to do that between yeah. now and the time the day is over. Yes. But we do know it's important and yeah. um, we are glad that this one came up and um, yeah. we'll have some more confessions next time. Hopefully so. you guys send us some. Yeah, so. not great parents, get on those confessions. We're yeah. ready for them. Look at the show notes for the link. Take care and have a great day. Bye guys. Bye.